Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. What is up, Hacker Nation? This is your host, best-selling author, high-performance business coach, and speaker, Scott Hansen. Everybody's telling me, Scott, where have you been? Where's the Success Hackers been? We took a little time out and uh, we needed to regroup. Not saying that anything was wrong with anything, but I've uh, been really busy with my coaching practice and my speaking. Things have been just absolutely exploding, which is obviously a good thing for an entrepreneur, as all of you know that are listening. But uh, we are back and we are super, super, super fired up to have this individual back with us. Um, we're going to get into his bio here in a second. But uh, again, hope you're all having an amazing day, and it's just good to be back. Um, and I wanted to just share something very, very, very quickly. Is I've been reading a book called "You Need More Money." You need more money by Matt Monero, and it talks about really the need and the, the statistics behind why we actually we actually think that we need less than what we actually need. We actually need to make more money, and he goes into detail why we need to make more money and. Just wanted to give a shout out. I'm not getting paid on it. I've never even met the gentleman, but uh, it's an, it's a fascinating read to get your mindset right around having an abundance amount of money to really do anything we want to do. And God forbid someone gets hurt in our family, or we have to take on a loved one, or you know anything tragic that we're not even thinking about right now happens to us. Uh, he talks about the reason why we need to have the money and how much is enough. So if you never read the book. You Need More Money, check it out by uh, Matt Monero. All right, so Hacker Nation, let's get down to business. Speaking of making more money and speaking about uh, someone who really knows a lot when it comes to marketing and SEO and building out a successful business, we have our featured guest today, which is Mr. Phil Singleton. Phil, are you ready to rock? I'm so ready, Scott. Let's do this. Phil Singleton is a web designer, SEO expert, and an award-winning author. In 2016, Phil and John Jantz of Duct Tape Marketing co-wrote SEO for Growth, the ultimate guide for marketers, web designers, and entrepreneurs. SEO for Growth is an Amazon bestseller and is listed as a top marketing book by Mashable, Oracle, and the Huffington Post. It's also been featured on MSNBC, Entrepreneur, and Search Engine Journal and was named by Forbes as the number one SEO book on its list of essential SEO books for every startup to read. Phil's latest venture, Podcast Bookers, is a service that helps marketers and executives get booked on established podcasts as a way to develop their authority and personal branding, improve SEO, and most importantly, generate leads and sales. Phil, welcome to Success Hackers, man. It's, uh, it's great to have you on the show. It's my honor and my pleasure. Thank you. Well, Scott. I appreciate that. I appreciate you ha- you coming on the Success Hacker podcast and uh, being introduced to the Success Hacker Nation. Let's jump right into this. You are the SEO expert. You know, a lot of times, outside of you know running this podcast, uh, my bread and butter, if you will, is my coaching business. So I coach with business owners and entrepreneurs, and 
one of the things that always comes up with is how do I get more leads you know, outside of just myself going to one-on-one networking events and always the topic of internet marketing, Facebook ads, uh, SEO, all of that continues to come up. So dispel the myth for our Hacker Nation community, Phil, and, and, and share with us what, what do they need to do? Like, what's to talk to us? Because I think a lot of, especially traditional business owners, they have this notion that SEO is this biz, big esoteric thing that a lot of people maybe have been stung in the past. They, they dumped a boatload of money with an SEO quote unquote expert and, you know, they paid seven, eight, 10, 12 grand and they didn't see one lead come in. So they're shy or they're, they're scared of, of doing it again. Help us, Phil. Help us, help our listeners kind of dispel that myth and what should they be looking out for? Yeah, it's it's funny because um, you know you say SEO expert even to this day. I mean, people's half the people's eyes are gonna roll if they've had any any experience um, investing or trying it on their own because um, it's just one of those things. I mean, we're we're kind of the um, used car salesman of the internet even now. Right. No, no offense to the used car salesman out there, but of course, I mean, none take it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, to me, what SEO is to these days, it's the science of applying your whole marketing strategy basically to your web presence and your website. Mm-hmm. That's really what it's become these days. There's still a big part of it in terms of, you know, you have to know, do your keyword research. You have to know how your ideal clients you know, are searching for your products and services. Then you have to take that information and work that into your marketing strategy and apply it to your website. And we all have to make our website the marketing hub and the referral source for everything that we do now in order to get those benefits. And I totally agree. You know, when I work with these small business owners or entrepreneurs, we, we, we focus on not that we help design or redesign or I'm not a web, website designer, but uh, catching someone's attention is, is, is arguably one of the biggest reasons why small businesses or businesses in general don't get recognized. So there's a, there's, there's a bunch of different ways in which someone can get recognized. You know, and, and what we're talking about is right now is your, your website and your web presence and talking about... Now, you, you said over the last five, six years, content has really stood apart and really understanding the, the, uh, the search terms and, and everything else that you just mentioned. But you also have maybe a, a business owner who's listening saying, okay, you know, I'm hearing all different things. I hear I, my website has to be good. Well, that, that, you know, years ago I had to just put up a website, but now it's like, okay, well, you can't just put up a website. You have to have the website become a lead generation tool for your business, which I agree. But then the same person is going, well, I'm only a two-man shop or a three-man shop. It's me and two other people. What does that person need to focus on when it comes to, and this is kind of a loaded question, but when it comes to having more leads come through their door from, from a website perspective, because are you saying that the business owner should be focusing on, you know, uploading videos and understanding the algorithms on YouTube, which also talks to the website, which also talks to, you know, the the keyword search? And then uh, do I have to write articles? Do I have to write blogs? But then I have to run my business. Then I have to go after sales. Do I, have to, right. I mean, there's a million. Then they finally say, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm just going to go do networking. <laughs> well, so what, like what's maybe one on it. Yeah, I think what ends up happening is everybody always wants more leads to some degree. Um, but the problem with all businesses, uh, small, medium and larger small business all, and everything above really is when we want new leads and sales, we typically will try and do almost what I consider some kind of hip shot marketing tactic. 
right? And it kind of used to work in this in the old days to some degree because here, like if you're a local business in Kansas City and you wanted to grow your business, well, you would put out an ad in Yellow Pages or you would go do a TV or radio ad and you do that and you'd actually get a predictable amount of sales if you did it the right way over the longest amount of time, right? But that doesn't work anymore. You get a lot of people that come into our office and are like, I don't understand, we do TV ads, they just don't seem to be working like they used to. Well, it's working. The problem is, is when you do a plumbing commercial on the TV now, People don't go from the TV commercial to the phone call. They go from the TV commercial to the internet, right. and they go look out who's got the best deals and the best reputation. And then they make the call. So you spend this time, you know, doing the the, the lead gen, uh, the demand generation. I would consider like in traditional channels, which still work. They still create demand. It's just that everything kind of filters back to the internet in, in some way, shape, or form. And even you mentioned Scott. I think networking and referral marketing have also changed. A lot of people come in saying, "Hey." Well, most of our business comes in from word of mouth. Well, yes, it probably does. But for every 10 referrals that you get, you might have lost six because you've got no reviews online or you've got two bad ones because you didn't stay on top of it. So mm. all this kind of stuff, you know, Internet and, and Google, I think, have changed because people will take that extra step because it's so easy to go. Oh, I met this guy at a, at a networking event or this gal. Let me look up them online or look them right. up you know, Google and they're going to kind of do it their own kind of due diligence search. So you mentioned something I think that's very important to this whole process, and that is we're business owners. We're out there kind of our hands are in there trying to execute the stuff that we're trying to do. and We're just running our business. How can we do all this stuff that really counts? And I think the first part of it is you have to think of your website, truly you have to think of your website as a marketing platform and not as a digital brochure. Hmm. And it's easy to like say that, but really you have to think of it almost like as a person or like your key employee or somebody that you're going to invest into because you can't just go out and buy and do a, you know, a, a website like a digital brochure, put it up there and hope that you're going to be doing some marketing stuff and people are going to land on it and it's going to have all the info that they need to warm them up and help you close a sale. It just doesn't work like that. You have to look at it as an investment. You also have to look at it as a, the place where you make the referral source for everything that you're doing. So you set your website up the right way. If you're going to do a TV ad, you have to have some way to push somebody back to the website and, and, and make that connection so that they tag, so they get on the website that you can tag them with Facebook Pixel or AdWords Remarketer. Anything that you're doing, you got to make sure that that's the hub and you get some kind of a path back. So you're almost forcing them in a way to connect because that helps for your SEO. It helps you offer a call to action on it, the actual traffic helps you, you know, tag people to follow and do follow on marketing and that kind of stuff. And you have to make it the central hub of your marketing. You're gonna not you're not gonna get the full benefit of all your marketing dollars. But and then what how do you put stuff onto your website? If you're a busy business owner and no business owner out there and typically their staff has the ability to like write blog posts, let's say on a weekly basis, which is right. probably the minimum what you need. How do you do that? Well, you know, a lot of cases what we'll do is we'll for us, we'll either do it for them or will refer them to an outside source to write blog posts. And they can hire a freelancer, or there's tons of good third-party um, writing services out there that after you work with them a little bit and give them some direction and say, oh, I read this, or here's something that's hot in our market, here's a potential title, here's a few bullet points, go out and write it for you. It's much easier to edit a blog post when you've got a writing person on your team or at least kind of as an outsource um, person and to edit that and have it posted than it is to kind of write your own blog post because we all try and do that right and you hem and haw for like 10 or 20 minutes and, and then maybe it ends up being a full day trying to get one five or six hundred word blog post out it's just not practical so really to, i think to succeed in today's market you have to have that writing piece somehow that writing resource secured because it's a fundamental piece really of everything i mean if you want to get more 
if you want to get more leads from your sales from Google, let's say, the most natural way to build your website out is to add good content by, by way of blog posts so that you can target like other words people are searching for. And then also use that post as a way to share out into your social media so people have to come back and read the rest of the good stuff that you're trying to give them. So this is a big problem I think that a lot of businesses have is they've got this, again, the static website that they leave in there. Then they'll go, if they do anything, they'll sometimes put some of their best content up on Facebook where it passes through the river and has a shelf life of about an hour to five hours. Right. And then it dies. It never becomes documented on a website where it can be looked up later and, and crawled to become an answer to somebody's problem or a, an answer, a solution to somebody's, you know, uh, an answer to a question or solution to somebody's problem. And that's the problem that we have today, right? Is people don't make that connection. They don't force people to come back to the website. They put all their best content up on somebody else's platform and they lose that way. And I think a lot of business owners, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, you, you guys do this every every minute of every day, but a lot of business owners, they get frustrated very quickly and rightfully so. So they'll either invest in a company like yours. They'll try to do it themselves. They'll hire a freelancer. They're, you know, they'll hire their, their, their neighbor's kid to, to do something. And all of a sudden, you know, after 90 days or 60 days, they'll say, wait a second, we've written four blog posts or we've put out three videos and what's the deal? And the reality of it is, and I always tell people that if you're going to go this route, if you're going to go the SEO content route for your website, it's like anything else. You want to go with someone that knows what they're doing. You want to, to your point earlier, you want to invest in your business. If you're going to go this route and you're going to act, you're, you want your website to act literally as your sales and marketing vice president, you have to invest like a company like Phil's that's going to help you and probably take the ball and run with it and help you create whatever it is you want to create and they're going to do it for you so they can hold your hand so that you as Mr. Business Owner, Mrs. Business Owner can really focus on what you do best in the business. I get this all the time. It's the, well, Scott, I'm making X dollars of revenue. Is that the right time to invest in a business or in a company like Phil's? And it's this, do I do it now? Do I do it later? Should I continue to do it myself? And I've always been a proponent, even though in the beginning you don't think you have maybe the type of funds to do this. It's the old saying is you can never buy back time. So as you as a business owner, whether you're one year, five or 10 years into the business and you're not where you want to be and you truly, truly want to use your website as a lead generation tool. Now there's other components outside of that. How do you close business? What happens when you actually get a lead? Do you close the conversion rate? All these other things that I help my business owners with. But if you're going to go with someone that, that you don't want to do it yourself or you don't have the knowledge, doesn't it, in your mind, doesn't it make sense to invest in a, in a strategist, in an expert? Because that strategist, that expert can literally collapse time so that you're off and running maybe in four or six months versus maybe, I'm doing air quotes, two years or three years by yourself. I think it's a great point, and I think you're right. But I also think just by, again, getting into the mindset where you look at your website as an asset and a way to document your content that's up there, I still think it's within most budgets of some folks to do some of it done by yourself or at least done with somebody else. I, I think every business owner, probably getting starting out, should not, not even have to hire anybody to do these two things that are a huge bang for the buck. One is get as many reviews as you can, as many places as you can that are relevant to your business. This You don't need somebody else to do this. Certainly some other tools and services that can help you, but I hear this every single day in the podcast that we do, interviews we do. I mean, when you have a, a 
book of happy clients that's on, say, 50 Google reviews or LinkedIn and all this kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff that gets people to close, right? And that's just a matter of you having a review mindset where you're saying, hey, every person that's happy, I'm going to make sure that in my daily routine, I'm going to try and get that documented so it's up on a platform that's going to help people find me and read it and maybe help close a sale. And I'm going to make sure that I put that in other visible places like offline media, online media, on my website, repurpose it in other places, right? That stuff really, really helps. And most people just aren't in the mindset to do this because they don't, you know, we all use reviews to buy everything every day, but they're actually really, really rare in comparison to the amount of um, sales. So you go up on like Amazon and see four or 500 reviews on a product, which is a lot for maybe a product, but it's probably only less than a percent of the total sales. It's the same thing for Google reviews and everything. They're just, we use them for everything, TripAdvisor, but they're yeah. in, in reality, they're, they're very rare and very hard to get. But when you do get them, nothing will help you, you know, influence a decision to buy something like doing that. And of course, the whole system's really geared for people that they're most incentivized to leave reviews, and that's your unhappy clients, right? right. The outliers—they're going to look for stuff all day long. They don't need incentive to do this. The happy ones have no incentive to put reviews anyway. So right. it's on you to be proactive about it. And everybody can do this if they've got some way to work in their system and look at everybody and have this review mentality where everybody that I interact with, everybody that I share knowledge with, everybody that I um, do service for, I'm going to make sure that I ask them to give me this kind of feedback and then document it and put it in the right places. The other thing is the writing. I mean, there's all sorts of writing resources out there that you could directly hire somebody to you know, pay 20 or 30 or $50 a blog post. Mm-hmm. Right, two to four a week. That should be if anybody's got any marketing budget to work with. That's a great place to start. Is to start writing blog posts, you know, on some stuff and hire somebody to do that and get that team member and start thinking about things that you're doing and documenting that through blog posts and things like that. Those are two really affordable slash almost free things you can do that are game changers. If you're a small business and you have zero reviews on, let's say Google, and you go to fifty. It will change your life. I mean, for most people, it will change the business. But I have a lot of clients here that went from zero to like 50 or 100. Total game changer. And then all of a sudden, when that happens, they're just like uh, – they become like in the review state of mind like 24-7 because they hear it all the time. It's like I'm hiring you. I just heard – I was talking to a guy today before this call. He's like, we read your reviews. They're so positive that we know we want to go with you. It's just like it wasn't even like they knew that the pricing was going to be fair because he had so many good reviews. It was so warmed up. It was almost like they came you know, really, and that happens time and time again. People don't realize how important it is because it's hard to stack the deck, you know, one or two or three. But when you get forty or fifty or sixty, that's hard. You're doing it because you're being proactive about it, and and people are going to read that. It's really going to help people make decisions. Those are things that everybody should be doing. Give us a success hack. Give us a hack. How, how would someone? A lot of listeners probably know how to do this, but but again, a traditional business owner that says, "Okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah, you're right. I do go on TripAdvisor. I, I, me, and my wife and I personally, um, we just took a trip to Hawaii a little while ago, and we did a lot of uh, uh, sort of research, and I spent a lot more time than I thought on TripAdvisor. Guess what? Reading reviews, and and that ultimately helped me uh, make a decision. So. What's your success hack? How can someone actually, what's one or two things that they can start like today after this interview to start, you said, you know, going from zero to 40 to 50, what are one or two things they can implement like right now? Well, my very favorite one's going to be some type of review funnel system, which I have. And Scott, you're actually going to see because one of the hacks I've used in my podcast guesting campaign, I've been on over 70 
after I go on a show, I ask every host to rate me in terms of the knowledge that I shared. If I was good, please go to this link. And I've got a review funnel that I use for everything. I use it for this in this kind of case, but I use it also for for clients and other places when I do workshops on this kind of thing. Um, and one I use is called Grade Us, Grade.us. Okay, it's I think it's ninety dollars is the cheapest one, but they, it gives you three seats. So if you go in with somebody, you could get three different funnels for it. I think they actually have a free one. But what's really nice about it is. It's essentially a funnel on a simple website where you drive it to somewhere. There's like five stars and a thank you page. And then if they click one star, there's a little form where somebody can vent and that goes to you in case you did a mistake. You could turn lemons into lemonade, right? That's mm -hmm. the one thing about being proactive about reviews is you don't want to incentivize the people that were going to stay quiet or were unhappy um, to go and leave you a negative one because that's what ends up happening sometimes. Exactly. But if you got some kind of a review funnel to catch people, as long as you're proactive about it, and you can go in and try and correct a problem because those again, those are outliers for most people. And then the other way, you could, and then the, of course, if they click four or five reviews or whatever you set it to, you send them right on the path to wherever you want to go. Send them to your TripAdvisor account. Send them to your uh, Google Plus. Send them to your Facebook. Send them to LinkedIn. It goes right there. It's a fantastic way mm. um, to get people on there and be. And then since you have that funnel now, you can be more proactive about asking folks because you've got a way. Again, if you start asking people for reviews and you don't necessarily know if they're happy, you don't have any way to like catch people you might be asking for more negative ones right if you don't have that filter in place so that's a great hack for people to use that's one i think people can use another one is i'm not going to send you a link to but there's a place called blogger local that has 10 or 15 awesome vetted writing sites for folks where you can go up and find good solutions um, where you can sign up and then you know pick the one that's good for you to start writing blog posts. I think everybody, you just have to get into that routine. You, you do it and you buy it, you get the post, you post up on your content, then you use those posts to share into your social media. Once you get that routine going, even if it's only you know twice a month, ideally people should be blogging, yeah. I think I think once a week because you know for a lot of our clients when they come into a system, and I wanna give you this other hack because this is my favorite thing that's worked for us last year and now we're doing it for our clients is, we come in, set the website up, you do the keyword research, use that keyword research to develop a content calendar. In a lot of cases, what we do anymore is we don't do one-off blog posts for batches. We do them in, in batches of like 10 or 15 so that when we do them, they're almost um, in, a, in a form of a table of contents, right? So you got 10 or 15 standalone blog posts that when stitched together, we can turn into an ebook. Ebook turns into a call, you know, PDF, call to action on the website. That's pretty standard. That's not mind-blowing there. But one of the things that's really cool is you can take that same ebook pay somebody on Upwork or on Fiverr or whatever you want and have them convert it into a Kindle, put that mm. Kindle up on a, um, you become a published author now with your website page. You got some great killer backlinks. Then you take that authorship that you now have because we're building a personal branding authority. Yep. Now you go out and use that maybe to get yourself on some podcasts. You get on right. podcasts, all of a sudden you're elevating your authority. They're talking yep. about you. You're working on reputation management. You're getting some killer backlinks on it. You can't do that if you just don't do any blogging or if you just do random blogging, right? So that's one of these ways where you can – that's literally a hack to me because yeah. for not a whole lot of extra work, if you just strategize a little bit, you're having somebody write your book in your sleep that then now you can then go do maybe something like a guesting campaign later. You do all this kind of this authority building campaign, which can't happen unless you do this little bit of kind of alignment and strategy up front. But it's a great system for somebody that's really busy to have this kind of side parallel almost thing happening in the background that's really helping your business in lots of different ways um, and, and it really works. Well, and I think I love what you said because this 
right here is exactly what I, what I coach on, which is thinking outside the box of what everybody else in your industry is doing. So I have people that say, well, I don't know how to do this or I don't know how to do that. And I, I'm used to doing my business one way. Well, times have changed. You know, uh, this internet thing has leveled the playing field. And nowadays you don't have to be, you know, go with the top three publishing houses in order to get published. I mean, like, like Philip just said, I mean, you, there's a million ways to get published and it's never, it's not as hard as you think at all. Um, Amazon create space. I mean, Amazon create space. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what I've done as well in the past. And to your point, the re- when I first became a coach, my first year, I remember like it was yesterday, someone asked me or my mentor said, how do you think you're going to stand apart from everybody else? I said, well, I'm pr- I think I'm pretty good at what I do. They said, and he kind of laughed and scoffed and he said, so are a lot of people. And I really took that to heart. I didn't just poo-poo it, but I really took it to heart. And I all of a sudden, I started to do, kind of do what you're talking about. I started to create videos. Um, I turned my video, my uh, my iPhone on, and I started to create videos. Didn't even know what I was doing. Started to create videos. Uh, created a YouTube channel. Wrote a book. Be that book uh, became a bestseller. And then I got asked to write for Entrepreneur Magazine. And then I doing this thing called a podcast. And then I speak on stage. And all these things kind of built on top of one another. All because someone said to me, how are you going to stand apart from all the other coaches on the planet? And I took that to heart. And now because of that, you know, ABC, NBC, Fox, et cetera, has picked my stuff up. And Six Figure Coach Magazine has touted me as one of the top coaches to follow. And and to your point, it's not you saying how great you are. It's all these other third-party entities. It doesn't matter somebody else says it, right? Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So – so everybody, Hacker Nation, when you're, when you're out there listening and say, I don't know how to do this, there's so many ways. To, I want you to start thinking in what Phil's talking about. Think outside the box. Utilize your website as an asset. But from there, there's a ripple effect. There's the not just the website, but what else can you do that, that's going to garner attention? And if you're thinking, well, wait, no one's going to want me to be on their podcast you are going to be shocked at how many podcasts are out there that are looking for experts just like you in whatever business you're in. And I've been on, to your point, I've been on over I don't know, 75, 80 different podcasts myself being interviewed only because I thought outside the box and I went to a specific website. And now, so there's a, there's a million and one different ways for you to take your business and start to think differently about what you're up to and what you're doing. So what I heard was blogger local and also grade.us, which is a funnel mechanism that you can, someone can create to have people start recommending and referring them. Is that correct? Exactly. One of the things I'd like to mention before we end, Scott, is just that just inspirational. I mean, I like to tell people, look, I'm in this. It's nice that I've done this. I think in a way where I've got guys like you that have great trusted audience, have your own authority, literally bring me on their podcast and say, I'm an expert in, in SEO and web designer or what have you. But I have to take you back a little bit into college. I'm a guy that went to for school for finance. I got a D in computer science. I didn't build my first website until I was 35 years old. Nobody has an excuse. And now people are calling me an expert and I've got best, right? So yeah, I don't. nobody has any excuse because all the stuff that's out there, the stuff that you're doing and I'm doing, it does take some work, but it's not – it's a little bit of rolling up your sleeves and it's never as hard as you think it is going to be. Um, the fourth and three, four years ago, a guy dropped a book at a duct tape marketing meeting to me. And I thought that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. 
it was on like my mental career bucket list thing, like maybe someday. Yep. Six months later, I had my first best-selling book. Yeah, right? I love it. And it was just because I looked behind it and figured out how the hacks were, took action, and boom, it basically changed my business and changed my life. I think anybody can do this. I mean, we have literally, I've got like landscapers here in town that are have become author, you know, authors and up on Amazon and stuff like that. It really separates them. When you go out, you've got a book project and you've got authority and this kind of things. It really separates you and makes an impression that you can execute and you're different and you're trying to educate. And that's really what helps people pull the trigger because if they're looking for somebody on a product or solution and you can separate yourself that way, sometimes it's those things, it's that authority and personal branding that helps them pull the trigger on you versus somebody else. We are about to enter what we call the randomness round. And the randomness round is kind of like putting you on the success hackers version of the hot seat. So whatever is the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. So, Phil, are you ready for the randomness round? I'm ready. Best advice you've ever received? Um, to not be uh, – it takes effort. I'm going to use this. Anybody can be a jerk, although the guy that told me this used a different word than jerk, but it takes effort to be a nice guy, and I think that really, um, really is important. What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? Throughout the day, um, I have to say – one of the things I do on a daily basis really is wake up really early. Um, and that enables me to get a lot of work done before most people start work. Mm-hmm. Um, then it enables me to take breaks whenever I want throughout the day mm-hmm. when, so I can work when I'm productive. And I think that's one of the things that I do that's different. I'm not locked in a cubicle, right? I'm working when I'm most productive. I'm taking a break and, and hanging out with my kids when, when I'm not. And that recharges me. And that's what I do that helps me out. What is the one trait? that you have that's contributed mostly to your success? I think it's something that I learned later in life, which is I used to be one of these guys, I think that was probably a little bit more of a victim mentality hmm. and stewed on things and let it held me back. Cause I thought about, Oh, this guy said something or did something against me. And I just would think about it. Now I don't think like that anymore. Somehow I developed a way to just let things roll off me enough to where it stings a little bit. So I learn on it, but I use them to propel me going forward and I'm just not that guy anymore that sees himself, you know, as a victim of other folks. And that that's what I think really changed. And that that's um, that's what's helped me su- be more successful. Hmm. What is a hidden talent that you have Phil, that most people may not know about you? Um, I think um, some people most people don't know about me is that I am I take like Taekwondo and I did this pick this up later in life. In fact, just a year or so ago. And I feel that I'm actually pretty good at it. What is one book that you've read that's made an impact on your business? I would have to say The Millionaire Next Door really kind of opened my eyes up into most people out there um, that you think are really wealthy, actually live high consumption wealth lifestyles and don't have as much as you think. Meanwhile, the guys next door that are being frugal a lot of times are the ones that have all the wealth. And I think that's a, a great book that actually has a lot of data and studying behind it. It was written, I think, in the 80s, but it's yeah. It's fantastic. If you can recommend one social media tool or overall service to our Hacker Nation, what would that be? I gave you grade.us. Um, I think that's a great one to use for reviews. But I think LinkedIn is one of these things for most folks that's underutilized and, and one of those places where people, if you're in business at all, they're going to be looking at you on LinkedIn at some point or another. Phil, you are now officially off the randomness round hot seat. All right. <laughs> this yeah, has been absolutely <laughs> This has been absolutely incredible. Thanks for your time and sharing these incredible success strategies with our Hacker Nation. 
Where can our listeners find out about you or your book or anything else that you'd like to share with us? Check out um, kcwebdesigner.com. I mean, that's kind of the little website that started it all for me. It started on one little barter website. Um, also, check out podcastbookers.com. Again, podcast guesting is something you can do on your own to bootstrap, but if you don't have the time or you want to do more um, or hire somebody for it, that's I started doing it for myself last year, and it, it became successful enough where we offer it uh, um, as a service to a lot of different people now. Um, and check out, um, I have my own WordPress plugin that's been downloaded a lot called WPSEO Schema, and I'll send you a link for that. But it's great because a lot of people just aren't putting schema on their website. It's just an extra little layer of SEO code that helps you get a better chance to be in voice search, helps you to get more information up in Google search results like star ratings or mm. event times. And people, it's wide open because most people aren't even doing that. Half of them aren't even spending any time on their website and the ones that are aren't doing like the basic SEO things. But it's really cool now because if you look up in, if you do searches now, people can see knowledge boxes and all sorts of really cool extra data that's going into the search results. It doesn't just always look like blue links and gray text anymore with green yeah. links on it. It's starting to well, you can affect that and put inject more information into those search results if you work on your SEO and add the schema code on it. Um, and check that out. I've got my own plugin. It's been downloaded, I think, a hundred and maybe two hundred thousand times now up on WordPress. Um, wow, works great for that. Okay, cool. So Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net. That's success hackers net for this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Phil, along with some other really cool resources we have on the site. Oh, listen, when you're on the site, please don't forget to click subscribe so that you get all these latest episodes. And everything that Phil mentioned will be in the show notes, all the links. So you just simply go to successhackers.net and uh, you'll see Phil Singleton and you'll see all the links that he just shared with us. Oh, and if you're a business owner, which I'm sure a lot of you are, and you feel a little stuck, you feel a little plateaued here in your business, I literally, as I came onto the podcast today, I'm like, I want to give these three away for free. I have these scholarships available. It's, uh, it's information that literally can change the scope and the trajectory of your business for the next 12 to 18 months. If you want some of this uh, scholarship material where I literally explain to you exactly how to double your revenue, just go to 60minutebreakthrough.com, 60minutebreakthrough.com, and uh, it'll walk you through the steps. And then uh, once I get your information, I'll just simply reply back and uh, send you all the information. Leave your wallet at home. You can't buy anything, so no worries. Just go to 60minutebreakthrough.com. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.